Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our Soundrise podcast. So today we will be talking about none other than Tina Turner, a legendary female vocalist. Uh, she's had numerous hits, great success, a very major star, one might say. So, Alexander, you decided that we should cover Tina Turner today. Can you tell me why did you decide to opt for Tina? Hello, everyone. Uh, hope you're all well. Um, yeah, Vlada, so um, to answer your question, uh, we talked about the Grammys the other week. And um, the same night uh, when, we talk, when we talked about it, I went to Google to search uh, the biggest snubs uh, in the Grammy Awards history. And many consider Tina Turner to be, if not the, the biggest snub in Grammy's history. So I, I just wanted to take a closer look to her work. I hadn't been so familiar with, um, with her discogra discography. Uh, before choosing it for before choosing it for this episode, so uh, yeah, I just wanted to see um, how how big it is and how grandiose she she actually she actually sounds. All right, okay. Before we get into the records, I just want to mention our patrons. So a huge shout out to our current patrons, Stephanie, Asha, and David. Your support has been invaluable, not just in terms of financial support, but also in terms of your feedback and your advice. So everyone else, please feel encouraged to give us your feedback, to let us know what you think of our show, or perhaps leave a comment about the musicians and artists that we're covering in our show. Okay, so Alexander, uh, we have three albums today. Uh, and interestingly enough, all of these three albums are Tina Turner's solo efforts. So without her former husband, Ike Turner, uh, is there any yeah. reason behind this? Because we all know that Ike and Tina Turner also had quite a few classic records and hits. Yeah, I just wanted to explore her solo work. I wanted to see um, what she was like, you know. I know that that she that she was great also with with uh, Ike, but uh, I was just more interested in hearing her solo work because in those um, in those articles uh, regarding the biggest snubs in Grammy history that, that I just mentioned, uh, usually they say that uh, she deserves the most praise for uh, for these records that that I chose for this for this episode. Uh, all right, that will be interesting to hear then, um, especially um, seeing how these works compare to some other of her stuff that we might have not covered. Because I have to say, it's quite a departure between her early work with Ike and what she did later on. So for me, it, uh, it would be interesting to compare these. Uh, however, we're not going to focus on that we're going to focus on these three records starting with 1984 private dancer so alexander uh this is a major record for tina turner uh, a major hit a great comeback uh she was away for a few years before recording this album uh so what's your take on this one 
I think it's a classic, and uh, I think that uh, both Private Dancer and Break Every Rule are uh, that type of records that kind of define the 80s sounds. You know, uh, Private Dancer sounds very good to me. Uh, I'm especially excited about her cover of the David Bowie's 1984. I thought it was a brilliant cover. Um, and also, we have to mention uh, that song was not from from a well-known Bowie album, you know, uh, The Diamond Dog. So, uh, well done on that. Uh, this album also features a lot of major hits. And I'm not going to go too deep into the awards and the charts. I think she absolutely dominated the charts at that time. And also, uh, I would like to share an interesting fact about this, about mm -hmm. this record. It says that in 2020, uh, the album was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. And yes, this album has a reputation of a classic record. Uh, and, you know, they as you mentioned there are quite a few interesting cover songs not just by david bowie but also she covered the beatles she covered all green so it's interesting to hear tina tackling some of these classics um well um i listened to this record before we opted to do tina for the show so it is a classic uh, 80s sound record but having said that, it contains a lot of strong performances by Tina, especially on the classic songs like What's Love Got to Do With It, um, or the title track, Private Dancer, which I think is quite amazing. And interestingly enough about that track is that it was originally uh, written by Mark Knopfler, and it was conceived as a Dire Straits track. However... Um, wow. It, it was meant to be on Love Over Gold record, one of Dire Straits' best albums, in my opinion, at least. But I, I think there is some kind of similarity between that song and some other songs on the album, which is probably the reason why Mark decided to give it away to Tina. So this recording of Private Dancer does not feature Mark Knopfler. However, it does feature all the other members of Dire Straits at that time, as well as Jeff Beck on the guitar. So that's quite a lineup there. And I think Jeff Beck is also featured on some other tracks throughout the album. So another interesting fact. So some amazing players on this album. Yeah, and uh, what I like about this and what I like about Tina in general is that... Uh... You know, regardless, regardless of whether the song is, you know, from this or the other artist, she really puts a lot of emotion in her singing. And her, you know, as I said, I hadn't been so familiar with her with her work uh, before before this episode. Uh, but you know, when I when I started listening to to this record, um, yeah, the voice was immediately recognizable. And I think it's huge influential in, uh, in the pop music world. So really dig the emotion and the power that she puts um, in, the, in her singing alongside the superb musicianship from, uh, from the team.
Yeah, most definitely. And uh, also this record pretty much serves as the template for her 80s and 90s solo career. I think all the others, uh, all the other records that we listen to are pretty much based on this one in terms of sound, in terms of arrangements, for better or worse. Um, my main gripe with this record, however, is that it sounds too commercial. Like, her performances are pretty amazing. I love her performances. I love her vocals. There's nothing to argue there. It's just plain classic. But some of the arrangements are a bit too cheesy. Uh, some of the cover versions don't really cut it for me, especially Help because it, it sounds completely different from the Beatles original to the point where it's almost unrecognizable, you know, and uh, I know that sometimes it's cool to have a completely different interpretation of a song, but in this case, it just doesn't add anything to it, in my opinion. So this is not a perfect record, but because of some of the classic tracks on it, you can argue that it's still a classic, especially when it comes to 80s pop. If, if that's your thing, then you have to listen to this album. Yes, I, w I would definitely agree with the commercial part because um, partially, you know, um, the album sounds good, the album sounds very good, but uh, it is kind of commercial and, uh, you know, sweet sounding tunes and uh, really something that and also the lyrics and it's it's all re related to relationships to love to you know interpersonal you know interpersonal stuff and i think that's something that you know everyone can, can listen to and everyone can latch on that so um, yeah yeah maybe we can say that's a negative but i think that that really boils down to your taste i mean yes uh really there's nothing really offensive about this album it's more about the fact that after a while it becomes a bit repetitive, but not as much as the other two that we will talk about, I think. So um, when it comes to songs, I would like us to play the title track as I think, not just because I'm a major Dire Straits fan, but I really think that this is a truly standout track on this album. Uh, beautiful performance, very smooth, very silky, um, some jazzy uh, undertones. I love it. So let's play Private Dancer by Tina Turner. <laughs>
So that was uh, an excerpt from the title track, Private Dancer. So Alexander, what do you think about this track? Really like the singing in here, mm. and uh, also the drumming. Um, it really, really has that mix of, you know, from 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 one side, from one perspective, it is it is kind of slow paced and uh, really uh, relaxing, and then Tina just boosts the the, the energy. So uh, yeah, probably one of the best tracks on this album, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, and. If you guys enjoy this track, please check out Love Over Gold by Dire Straits. Because this is straight out of that record, those sessions. So the sound is very similar, except, of course, for Tina's amazing vocals. So Mark Knopfler may not be such a great vocalist, but he has his own impressive vocal style as well, just in a different kind of way more of a Bob Dylan sort of way, right? But mu music-wise, it's very, very similar to the sound of that record. So you may want to check that out. Yeah, and also if you're a, if you're a David Bowie fan, please check out her cover of 1984. I think she did a brilliant job. So, Blada, before we move on to break every rule, uh, shall we just give quickly our ratings? Okay, so... Uh... It's a bit hard to choose a rating, but I would say this is a very good record, albeit with some flaws. So I will give it 7.5. Okay, fair enough. Uh, 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, just because of that com commercial thing. But I think it's definitely an album worth listening to, especially, as you said, if you're into the 80s pop. And this is really something that describes the, the, uh, the 80s pop in one record. So, um, yeah, let's move on to the follow-up of this record, which is called Break Every Rule, which was released in 1986. Um, some consider that, th that this was a very good follow-up. So... Um, what do you have a lot to say about that? Uh, look, um, it's definitely a pleasant album to listen to, but um, it lacks the personality that Private Dancer had. Private Dancer had some really outstanding tracks. You know, What's Love Got To Do With It, the title track. This one kind of is all like sort of even throughout but there aren't any major standouts you know like the the, the tracks are relatively pleasant you know there, there's nothing offensive again um you know this is the kind of album that i would love to listen to on a road trip when i'm in in the car and the sun is shining outside it's for that kind of atmosphere it's very pleasant very inoffensive but that's not always a good thing. And I, I feel like uh, the main thing this record has going for itself is her vocals, but everything else could have been way, way better. But then if you look at it in the context of times, this is what was uh, asked for when it came to these major corporate albums. This is what everybody wanted to hear on the radio for better or worse, so in that sense it it does deliver, but it's not something that I could listen to 
on a daily basis or like or put in my rotation you know it's it's just something that is pleasant to hear maybe on the radio while you're driving that's it yeah yeah I might disagree a bit. Uh, you know, I, I would disagree. I would agree with the part uh, when you say that it's uh, it's pretty e even evenly sounding. But mm -hmm. uh, the last two tracks absolutely blew me away. I really liked Paradise is Here and also I'll Be Thunder. I think uh, she did a magnificent job on wrapping up wrapping up the album with those two. And you know, obviously. This album consists of 11 songs, so saying that two songs were great and the rest were not so great certainly doesn't doesn't give you the whole uh, this, the whole impression. But these two tracks were phenomenal, and I would also like to uh, point out the personnel here. So Steve Winwood, um, also um, Mark Knopfler, Guy Fletcher, Phil Collins. What do you think yeah. about that? Awesome names. I mean, uh, nothing to add there. These are all legends. But, you know, uh, look, all of these records are performed meticulously. There's no doubt about it. Everything, every note, uh, every note sung or played is excellent. But the problem is that these records, in my opinion, are just products and they're conceived as products, and as such, they're very much of its time, which is not always a bad thing. It can get a bit nostalgic. You can enjoy that kind of sound. I, for one, enjoy hearing those 80s sounds because they take me back to my childhood in a way, you know? I like that feel. And with, a, with an artist like Tina, who is such an amazing vocalist, you can't really go wrong if you're looking for something like that. But... Look, as I said previously, I wish we had included some of her older stuff that she did in the 60s and 70s with Ike. Because after listening to these records, I played uh, one of her older records with Ike, and it was so refreshing compared to these albums. Even though you could, you could tell that vocally when she was like in her early 20s, she still wasn't there. But the arrangements, the soul of that music, everything was much, much uh, more uh, refreshing, much, much more emotionally resonant. Uh, the, the, the instrument sounded more organic. So I think that's just me. I prefer that kind of sound, a more organic sound. And these records do not really offer that. Yeah, they do offer that, that only in, in glimpses. But does that have something to do with your 60s bias, maybe? Nope. This has to do with uh, how the music <laughs> is arranged, uh, how it sounds, whether it sounds soulful or not, whether the whether it sounds cold. You know, you need to feel that warmth of the tone. So, yes, yeah, sure, it has all these great legends. It's music, Musicianship on these records is definitely... Uh, on a top-notch level, but there is something lacking. That being said, the, this is still a very enjoyable album to listen to. Don't get me wrong. It's just not necessarily my cup of tea, but I can still find joy listening to some of these tracks. For example, Afterglow, I really like that one. Yeah, Afterglow was, was very good.
but uh, I would now like to pick um, another song. Um, so let's play uh, a part of Paradise is Here. Um, really like that track. Uh, according to Deezer, this is the most popular track, but you know, nevertheless, I think and think it sounds very good and atmospheric. So let's play that one. All right. So Paradise is Here, Tina Turner. Very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, I agree. This uh, this sounds very enjoyable. Um, there is something about those 80s sounds, and you know, in, in this case, they're kind of understated. They're not so much in your face, you know, when they get too obnoxious. But I think in the long run, if I was to listen to this kind of music for more than three hours in a row, I'd go insane. But... Uh, Right now, it does sound very pleasant, yes. And yeah. great, great performance, don't get me wrong. All right, so... Um, the ratings, should we do the ratings? The ratings, this? yes. Uh, what do you say? Uh, I'll say a 7.5. I think it's close to, to Private Dancer, in my opinion. Uh, maybe slightly worse. Uh, but yeah, seven point five. I think I think it's a fair uh, fair characteristic, so to say. What okay. about you? Uh, I'll be a bit stricter. So I think it's six point five. So uh, not a bad record, but nothing particularly outstanding about it, other than her own performance, which I think is uh, something that's just constant that you can't expect Tina Turner to to sound bad as a great performer, great uh, vocalist. But I think that these records are a bit outdated. They're pleasant to listen to. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of audience who would appreciate this kind of music much more than I do. So I do encourage you as listeners to take a listen uh, and follow your own gut, so to say. But in my opinion, this is a solid effort without much substance to it. I think this is something that the old farts would feel young when listening to. <laughs> okay, let's let's not be that offensive to uh, <laughs> potentially large parts of our audience here. So no, just joking, yeah, just joking. <laughs> this is, yeah, we like this. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you if you grew up in the 80s, I think you will be able to appreciate this kind of music much more than um, younger folks. Uh, even I appreciate these sounds. I was born in 84, so... And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's excellent is, stuff. Yeah, but I think, uh, judging from my pers perspective, 
anyone who grew up listening to this type of music, uh, I think they they had just some they had better music to grow up to than than me. So uh, hmm, interesting. Yeah, that, that's my honest opinion. <laughs> True. I mean, uh, like we have to put this in perspective. Tina was one of the biggest pop stars in the 80s, right? Nowadays, if we look at the pop stars of today, there's not many artists that come even close to this kind of level of performance, right? It, it, I, I think today's pop music has very few similarities with, with the 80s. And that, that's kind of disappointing. Now we sound like old farts, so... Please forgive us for that. We encourage <laughs> yeah. you to leave your opinion. Tell us if we're wrong about this, if, if we sound prejudiced. Of course, there's uh, probably good pop music today as well, but it is our impression that there isn't anything on this level, right? And when it comes to pop music. But hopefully in the upcoming episodes, we will be talking about some modern pop as well. All right, so... The next record, we're going to the 90s now. So 1996, the record is called uh, Wildest Dreams. So, Alexander, what do you think about this one? I might sound a bit controversial and uh, with an unpopular opinion, but this one sounded better than both Private Dancer and Wildest Dreams. Okay, I'm going to be honest. What do you mean? Better in terms of songs or better in terms of production? I think better in terms of the music. I think it, it sits better with my taste. It's much more groovy. Um, I think the singing is a bit more mature. I also like the album cover. You know, that's a, that's an important part of the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just, it just sits better with me. And... Um, Maybe it doesn't feature some major, major hits like the previous two, but uh, I think it's it's much more suited for, for my taste. And uh, all music, again, they call it a professional rating company, whatever. Two stars out of five, I completely disagree with, with them. No, it's, um, I think two stars is too low. Maybe uh, we'll, we'll get to ratings, right? Let's first discuss the record. Okay. Um, this one kind of started off really, really good, you know, like the first song, very funky, Tina sounding very soulful in her element. So at the beginning, I really enjoyed it. But after a few tracks, it kind of petered out for me. I just couldn't stand it anymore. It all sounded too repetitive, which I think in general is the problem that plagues all of these uh, late career Tina Turner records. Um, that being said, I can see why you might have liked it better. It does have more of a 90s production, which I guess uh, to some people might sound less uh, less bland and more organic. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure this record is actually better than the previous two, in, in all fairness. Uh, it's definitely not better than uh, Private Dancer, in my opinion, because Private Dancer had several major songs. It had some really good cover choices. 
This one, it has Golden Eye, which is a classic track from the 90s James Bond revival film Golden Eye, right? Uh, with Pierce Brosnan, his first James Bond role. So that track is very memorable and it takes me back and I enjoy hearing it again. I don't know if it's just nostalgia or if it's because of its musical merits, but it's it's a good track. I like the opening track as well, Do What You Do. Very funky. Love that stuff. Yeah, um, that's my favorite. There's a track featuring the late Barry White. And, you know, it's a typical smooth, funky, sexy Barry White track. Um, so that's a nice uh, guest spot here. But it's still all kind of Tina Turner by numbers. As I said, Private Dancer is the template. As such, it's a good original record. But everything that follows, it's kind of based on Private Dancer. So uh, it's more of the same, in my opinion. What do you think of the fact that Bono from YouTube was involved in the production? Uh, precisely, he was involved for, for the Golden Eye song. Oh, that's interesting to hear. Um, well, I'm not sure I trust Bono as a producer. I mean, even if you look at better U2 records, most of them were produced by Brian Eno, uh, Flood, another great producer. So, I don't know. Bono tends to be involved in everything and anything, and um, he's not a good example of, of of that you know he's not the kind of artist that should be involved in everything because uh, he has certain talents that work great within the confines of his own band but when he steps out of that it all just seems cheesy and falls apart okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh would you like to pick a track i'm assuming that you would pick golden eye or anything mm. else yeah, let's listen to Golden Eye because this is the classic track from this record. One of those tracks that were big during my childhood and probably during your childhood. I mean, our listeners' childhood, not yours, Alex, because you were born maybe like a year after this came out. Yeah, exactly. I was born in 1997. <laughs> yeah, and uh, before we before we play it, uh, I just want to quickly touch on the 90s thing. Uh, personally, I'm a big 90s fan. Uh, I can say that most music that I I have been listening to recently is from the 90s. Not not really pop music, but you know some some very some very good rock tunes. And I would like to know from our listeners whether they prefer the 80s or the 90s and one, what, what kind of transition do they see from the 80s to the 90s? Because sometimes, you know, uh, when, when I look at the late 90s and the early 2000s, I don't, see my, I don't see much difference. I think, in my humble opinion, there's a bigger gap between the 80s and the 90s than, let's mm -hmm. say, the, the 90s and the 2000s. Uh, yeah, in a way, especially if we talk about early 2000s, but also early 90s also have that sort of 80s sound leftovers. But yeah, I definitely agree. I think the 80s had a very distinctive sound um, that is hard to reproduce. Um, the 90s 
are already quite different and then 2000s it seems like all these different sounds and styles sort of blend together so i'm not even sure there is such thing as a true 2000 sound you know uh, it's it's kind of difficult to define it unlike the 80s where it's very clear what consists uh what uh, the 80s sounds consist of yeah yeah exactly so uh let's give our, our rating for this one i say an eight i say oh an eight that's quite high um i say again uh the previous record i gave 6.5 this one is somewhere similar i think um, I'm kind of torn out between 6 and 6.5, so let's give it 6.5 as well. Uh, again, a pleasant record to listen to. But, you know, if I hear a few songs here and there, uh, I will be able to enjoy it. But as a whole, uh, this is a difficult album to get through, for me at least, because it kind of peters out near the end. It's too repetitive. Again, suffering from the same problems that the 80s records suffered from. So, yeah, 6.5 for me. Okay, let's let's uh, switch to GoldenEye. A bit of it. Alexander, do you have a few words for our listeners? Yeah, so, uh, dear listeners, thanks again for uh, listening to, to our pod. Uh, we are officially on social media, so um, make sure you follow us on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com slash sunrisepod. Also on Instagram, at sunrisepod. And uh, also, uh, if you would like to support our work and help our podcast grow, please do not hes hesitate to uh, support us on Patreon. Um, the handle is the same as, uh, as for, the, for the other website. So it's patreon.com slash soundrisepod. Um, Lada, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I also want to add that uh, we will be having special surprises for our Patreons in the near future. We've just got this thing going, so uh, soon enough we'll have some special treats for you. And again, I encourage you to leave your comments, let us know what you think, let us know if we're wrong, if we're right, if you disagree, if you agree with us. And also, we're uh, more than eager to hear from you uh, uh, maybe suggest artists that we could cover in the future. That's right. Thanks again. 
stay safe, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.